Welcome, everyone, to District Divided, a D.C. sports podcast, more specifically a commander's podcast. We normally do this uh, Monday uh, where we recap the game. But given that the season is officially over, we figured we would do it now. Um, it's also a bit more raw for us. So we'll see how this goes. Uh, I'm Amit. That is KDOT. Um, I'm going to skip the how are you doing because I know how you're doing um, and you know how I'm doing. So we're going to go ahead and lay out the structure for this episode. We lost to the Cleveland Browns at home 24 to 10. Uh, it was a pretty convincing loss and the biggest game of our season. And so there's a lot of blame to be passed around. So we're going to talk about the blame, who we want to blame, who should be getting blamed, stuff like that. We're going to talk about the shit show that this is right now with the franchise. And we will conclude with stuff to look forward to. We have the comment mailbag as well. Um, yeah. Okay. Dot. Let's just get into it. Your reaction to the loss and this debacle of a game. Shit show, start to finish, man. Um, I I love how you said it was the biggest game of our season. We've played the biggest game of our season the entire month of December each fucking week, and we can't get it done. And I remember saying on the last pod that if we didn't at least win a playoff game this season, then it was an absolute abject failure on the part of Ron Rivera and the coaching staff and the team as a whole. And we're here now. And we've been failing miserably and slowly for a minute now. And I think the way that this game itself played out, especially with the quarterback change, um, going from Taylor to Carson, which, look, I'm being the number one person to say that I was more than willing to make that switch. Um, but when you do it with now zero room for error, you can't necessarily go back to Taylor or Sam Howell to see what the fuck works out when you had opportunity to maybe do that earlier on in the season. Right. So now you have to live with the decision that you made. And throughout that game, even when you see him missing every fucking thing, the easiest things you stick with it, then it becomes more of what the fuck do you even stand for? Cause if Taylor played the game that he played against San Francisco, which looked light years ahead of the game that fucking Carson played and you pull him to get your spark and you see that there's no fucking spark happening. Then you have the other guy sitting there that could potentially come back in and do the spark when you realize nothing fucking working and you choose not to do it. So like, where's your consistency? It feels almost as though this game was more about proving some sort of fucking point than it was about anything about what it was that we needed to do to win the goddamn game. And that, to me, speaks to some issues really at large with the coaching staff and really at large with the organization as a whole. And what the fuck are you guys doing? Yeah. Um, and I want to touch on that. The what the fuck are you guys doing? Um, this shit show, and we'll get to who's to blame and stuff like that, but we've talked about ego before with Ron Rivera, right? We, we wonder where Eric Flowers is, for example, right? Is he a free agent? 
is he interested in football these days? Like, where is he? Because he has been good for this team in the past. Don't get him. Um, loyalty to a fault. Scott Turner. We'll we'll get into that. Why? Based on what? Like all these things that he has chosen Carson Wentz with the trade. Uh, and then today, it, to your point, if he's saying it's a spark and he has two picks that quickly, what spark are we talking about? So at that point, don't you go, okay, it's not working. And I was wrong. But the thing is, you almost never see that, right? When we were talking at the very beginning of the season with Ron, it was a lot of deflecting. Uh, in yep. fact, at one point, what's the difference between you and the other guys? Quarterback. While Carson was in. So, I mean, it, it is a, for a guy who I believe comes from a military background and stuff like that, it is a tremendous lack of accountability at the head coaching position. So when I think shit show, Unfortunately, I think about the guy in charge, and that is our head coach. And so I think first and foremost, we talked about it last week, you know, who's going to get blame if we lose, stuff like that. I mean, you, you got to first look at Ron. So so let's let's talk about him. Um, what are your thoughts? We'll, we'll get to the future in a moment. But in this game, aside from the Carson stuff, like what else do you think he yeah, did? I can break down Go. the whole fucking thing. Please so, do. Um Let's start defensively because that's sure. where the bigger issues were. Now we knew In going second, into this. Yeah. yeah, we we knew. Yeah, the the first. Well, here's the thing: Cleveland's not good, and they didn't play a good game. They like, played the, a the, bad game. They had three points at halftime off two turnovers. I mean, yeah, and we were up. It was, and we played a Deshaun really, really Watson through nine of eighteen with three touchdowns. The uh, Amari Cooper has three catches in that game for over 100 fucking yards and two touchdowns um, and two touchdowns. Uh, Nick Chubb was being Nick Chubb and we knew that we were going to have to stop the run. And guess what we didn't do? Stop the fucking run the way we needed to. So especially that big chunk play that Nick Chubb got. And you knew that was only a matter of time. He's Nick fucking mm -hmm. Chubb. So like, I, and here's the thing we knew at least going into this game when we, we talked about in the pre-show, if you're going to be missing Cam Curl, you're going to be missing management St. Juice. It's going to be a problem. And especially you look at early on the game, you're also missing Jonathan Allen has to come out of the fucking game. It's going to be an issue. But even when John Allen was in the game, at least for the, the, the very start of the game, it didn't really do fucking much. Like right. the, the, the thing of it is that that defensive line and the defense as a whole, as much as Jack Del Rio constantly gets credit for this that, and the other, it's literally just the talent is what's getting them through. There's nothing happening with the scheme on the defense. There's no adjustments happening when it comes to the defense. You realize that Cam Curl's doing more of the defensive coordinating than Jack Del Rio's fucking doing because he's the dude that's getting the guys on the assignments. You look at the plays on Mari Cooper, it's people that are out of position. That's what the fuck happens. If you don't have somebody on the field putting guys on position, then it doesn't fucking happen. And it happened more than once. The way they were beating us wasn't like there were different things happening. It was the same mm -hmm. fucking thing over and over again. So you'd think, okay, if they're beating us, you go to the fuck, you you have your guys on the sidelines, you look through on all those fucking Microsoft Surface tablets you got, and you mm -hmm. say, hey, look out for this guy. Look out for this. Look out for that. And guess what we don't do? We don't fucking do it. We don't make those adjustments. They, they literally let the talent of these guys carry them and when you look at that defense when you look at the defensive line right yeah no, i'm so glad you said that i'm gonna touch on that in a moment please continue i just wanted yeah. to bookmark that go ahead so deron payne's having the season of a lifetime especially when you're looking at the 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 amount of sacks that he has right but mm -hmm. here's what i'll tell you 
in the way that that defense is supposed to work as far as in that 4-3, Jonathan Allen, I mean, Deron Payne shouldn't have that many fucking sacks because he shouldn't be worried on pass rush all the fucking time as much as he's doing what he needs to do to stunt, to do things on the defensive line to open up some of the DNs. How many fucking sacks do the DNs have on this fucking defense? Huh? Then if we're looking at where it is the linebackers are not in the right positions or not hitting the gaps the way they need to hit the gaps, What's happening with the coaching on the fucking defense? It's non-existent. And you see the shit is week after week after week. When are you making the adjustments? You don't fucking make the adjustments. And that's what you do. You have Deshaun Watson has his fucking preseason comeback game against us. He has his fucking get right game against mm-hmm. us with a shitty stat line. Like Cleveland might suck ass again next week. But guess what? They got that one thing. They got that one spark against fucking us. So that's defensively. What the fuck are you guys doing? Then, mm-hmm. So I blame Jack Del Rio. I blame everybody on the defensive staff. And then you know who I blame at the top of it? Ron Rivera. Why? Because you put everybody in position. And you know what else you're responsible for, Ron Rivera? The, the the players that are on the team, the depth. When when you have certain guys go down in the secondary, why don't we have other guys that can step up? Why don't we have other leaders on the defense that can take charge of putting guys where they need to be? It's because you didn't do what you need to do with depth. I saw Landon Collins return a fucking pick six of that. He looks good in his fucking playing with New York right now. Mm-hmm. We were talking about it all fucking offseason. Landon Collins looked like he was fucking coming on at the end of the season. What do you need? You need a dude to get play down in the box. You need a Buffalo hybrid kind of safety, right? And guess what happens? We don't fucking have it. You don't have a guy fast enough to cover the tight ends. You don't have a guy fast enough to QB spy. You don't have that. And you had it. And you let it walk. Why? Don't know. Ego, this, that, and the other. Who fucking knows? But yeah. it's on you. It's on you, Ron. It's on the front office. It's on the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marty, uh, Martin Mayhew, Marty Herney. <laughs> these are all well, Marty Herney in particular. I believe Mayhew. They're all wrong guys. The They're all wrong guys, right? Um, and you talked about carrying, being carried by talent. Uh, Ron's been to a Super Bowl before. He was carried by a guy nicknamed <coughs> Super Bowl. Okay. Uh, Cam Newton in 2015 accounted for 45 touchdowns and 10 picks, and. It was an unbelievable season from him. Okay, 15 and one, and they were running through people, but it was Cam Newton. Their best wide receiver was Ted Ginn. So if you look at it from a roster construction standpoint, imagine if they had given him a bit better receiver, for example, right? Then Ted Ginn. He was doing all this with Ted fucking Ginn. Okay, like, and that is a bit disrespectful to a vine, but... You get it. If you were watching the league in the NFL, or if you were watching the NFL in 2015, that is a joke that he was able to have those numbers over 600 yards rushing and stuff like that. Outside of that, outside of having a Cam Newton at quarterback, what has Ron Rivera done? I mean, that is what we're looking at right now. And you talk about Landon Collins, we talk about Brandon Scherf. We have not replaced these guys. When you look at what a coach is supposed to do, it's to facilitate, it's to develop players. Where is the player development? What are we holding on to? Right? And so the shit show, as you had pointed out, and as I have pointed out, starts with Ron Rivera and effectively ends with him as well. Now, the defense, what upsets me is that we do this podcast twice a week yeah, we put in some prep. Um, and I look at that offense. And the fact that we can just tell what needs to be done. And it somehow doesn't get done is crazy. 
Uh, I recognize the number of carries Ryan Robinson had, but after Wentz threw the first pick, which was an underthrow, and a throw I was told he could make, that he'd be ready for, that he had learned from Taylor. Um, they started, and I'm curious to I'm curious about what it looks like on all 22. Cleveland looked like we're going to play the run a lot more because we don't think this guy is going to beat us. They were right. I'm very curious to see what this all 22 looks like, KDOT. I really am because I saw that it was much harder to run after after that first pick. I could tell you without seeing the all 22. Go ahead. Now, I can't wait to see the all 22 because I want to see exactly what Carson was looking at. Majority of these plays were sure. All right. So before I completely unload on Carson Wentz, who number one right here has been the guy saying that I wanted to see Carson again. I, I I I own the fuck out of that. Okay, I wanted to see cars again. Now, albeit I wanted to see it a lot earlier than this, so we can make we can make the proper adjustments. Because remember, I never guaranteed that he'd be great. I just wanted to see him again with the rest of the team. But here's the fatal flaw, Scott motherfucking Turner. Now, look, I've done everything I possibly can do to bend over backwards to give Scott Turner and his offensive scheme the benefit of doubt. And I try. And every once in a while, I look at I look in to see the way that the offense itself is ran. I am a believer in the Eric Coriel uh, um, standard in the West Coast offense. I am, a, I am a believer yes. in that that style. It's what Kyle Shanahan's running right now in uh, San Francisco. Huge fan. Uh, it's even a, an offshoot, sort of what we just saw Cleveland do with Kevin Stefanski. An mm-hmm. offshoot of it. Who also runs run a West from, Coast. Yep, runs a West Coast and more of the Eric Coriel style guy. than the Bill Walsh guy. We'll get there. We'll get yeah. there. Um, <laughs> all right. Go ahead. So the Scott, we were giving you credit that you had shit figured out when we were on that winning streak. When Taylor Heineke wasn't lighting up the scoreboard, but we knew what we had to do as far as running the football and throwing the ball down the field to certain degrees. Now, everything I've ever said about Taylor Heineke missing certain reads and all that, that all still stands completely firm. I have not changed my opinion on that. But what I but what I can absolutely say is that during this game, everything that we saw that Taylor was doing good on offense, or at least the offense was working, play action, move out, bootlegs, and you run you you run the play from under center, so you don't know what's coming. The pass has to be built off the run. That's the only way you can pass is building off the run. When you look at this game, because I rewatched almost all of it, look at how many snaps Carson Wentz is playing at shotgun. Look at how many fucking snaps he's playing at shotgun where the play action is that stupid fucking soft bullshit where it looks like a draw for a quarter of a second. No one's buying it. <laughs> and then you yeah. drop and then you throw. It's like th- no, you're not selling anything. Then on top of that, why the fuck is Jonathan Williams starting the game? So, something, something must be going on with Brian. It has to, be. to not be the first guy getting a carry, but he's not the first guy to give, but you give him the rock 20 something fucking times. 24. So what, what's happening? So like, right. I don't understand. Like I knew Gibson's going to be out. So there's going to be a bigger load. Right. But then mm-hmm. you also saw the, the, the person that took off the first kick return was what Jared Patterson. Is he back? Who the fuck was, who was that? So like, it, what, what are we doing? What's the split? And why are we lining up in shotgun when you have Brian Robinson does the best when the ball's under center and the defense doesn't know what's the defense doesn't know. Is it play action they're giving to Brian? Is it play action they're giving to Brian? They didn't do any of that. They had Cart 
How many rollouts did you see Carson fucking run? How many play action did you see them run? It was non-existent. I, I don't consider play action the fake draw. I also don't consider play action the look right and then look left to throw the fucking screen. That's not fooling anyone on defense that you're selling run. And so, here's the thing. It, it didn't start in this game. He started doing this shit when you saw the second half of that Giants game. Well, no, the first half of the Giants game with Taylor, where they start getting away from it. And he start. it's just snowballed. We started seeing in San Francisco, holy shit, it's coming together. And if you look at what worked in San Francisco, there's none of it this week. Not one, not any of it this week. Um, I'm going to start taking the gloves off, um, because I feel like I'm trying to host and also like, you know, make sure points are being made and stuff like that. Dude has no fucking feel for the game. None. We talked about this. It's, it's a completely rigid system. You've had many players. I've said this many times. You've had many X players within <coughs> a Scott Turner system say there is no adaptability to our skill sets. You just have to run what he says. I, I can't fathom. And this this goes to fucking Ron again. I cannot fathom giving that person an offensive coordinator job that doesn't even think what talent do I have around me and based on your strengths, that is common sense. What do you do well? Let's put you in a position to do it. X players have said he doesn't do it. So I don't understand how this guy has a job outside of Norv's dad. Do you know what's Norv's my though? dad. Norv is my dad. That is it. Do you know what's infuriating though? Go ahead. He did it. Like that's the thing that I don't understand. But it's because he has but, no feel, dude. But that's, the, but that's the thing. It's like but, sometimes. But, 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 it's see, the that's, same thing with Carson. But, it just happens sometimes. Right. But so, like, what, what we talked about being totally afraid of was that he was going to revert back to doing exactly what we were doing when Carson Wentz was starting at quarterback. The first time around, when right? the offense was anemic. When yeah. the offense was anemic as shit. Back to that Chicago game. This was the least offensive production we've had since the Chicago game. And yep. if you look at it, other than the run total, it's the same offense from back then. Like everything that was working and the wins were in the column, right? The yep. only reason I wanted to see Carson Wentz was to run the offense to Taylor Heineke was fucking running when we were winning games. Now, that being said, let, let's talk about the quarterback because we need to. Um, oh, yeah, please. Y- yeah, because here's the thing. <clears throat> he was brought in to be a spark. And to an extent, I think Ron should have pulled him after the second pick. It was 100%. two of six for 13 yards. And that was a, ma- we talked about the arm talent. They did the little graphic where they're like, okay, Carson wins these things. Taylor wins these things. That second pick, it happened so fucking quickly that it literally was, he sparked Cleveland. You want to spark, he sparked the other team. We were playing against two quarterbacks. We were playing against Watson and we were playing against Wentz. That's basically what happened in a must-win game. And there were boos immediately. I was actually shocked how quickly the boos happened because the first pick, yeah, it sucked. Fine. But immediately you could feel the tension and it was palpable. It was, okay, you're on a really tight leash. A lot of us, at least we don't, I don't think anybody's saying Taylor's the guy, but like, he didn't turn over that quickly. He would. It's not even it turnover. Play three, like it. It literally was the reads were wrong. Right. The uh, the, the short throws, throws were off. Down the ground. The arm talent that he has. That's supposedly a strength. He possesses it. This is what I talk about with the mentals, though. Does he think he can do it? Because it doesn't look like he can. And if you have a broken player in terms of confidence, do you know how terrifying that is in a league where things move that quickly? 
Mm-hmm. He looked like a deer in headlights at times. Like even when there were moments where there were no pressure, he'd run into pressure. I've never seen Taylor do that to his credit, right? Like mm, it, yeah, it, I'm, sure. I'm not turning this into a Heineke once thing. I'm just saying that he clearly is lacking confidence. And that is, you cannot lack confidence in that position. You can't hide in that position. And he made poor decision after poor decision, 16 to 28, 143 yards, no touchdowns, three picks. He talked about appreciating the moment. I can't look behind me, dude. That 16 that 28 is bullshit. Awful. That yeah. 16 and 28 is a bullshit stat line. About it was eight worse to 10 of them were than that downs. nonsense. 16 to 28 is so graceful for what it is that he actually showed out there on that field. Look, you were a hundred percent right. Everything, every bit of my curiosity to see how it is that he would run with the offense and the defense working better than they were last time. He was fucking up was also based on a mentality of me kind of liking the guy. And also mm-hmm. me kind of realizing that is maybe, as you know, that your job and your career are on the fucking line now. And you need to have learned something over the last few weeks of watching this other guy fucking play. And you didn't learn shit. You didn't do anything that showed me that you matured at all, which makes me think that San Francisco game was more of an anomaly than anything fucking else. Now, once again, I give Scott Turner a lot of that bullshit because you changed the offense completely again to when Carson came in. So, yeah, you have also set him up to fucking fail. But there's nothing that Carson Wentz did today, not a goddamn thing, that shows me that he learned any motherfucking thing. Like, he didn't. Do you see how fucking razzled you are when throwing a little fucking out screen pass to your goddamn running back and you can't, you it can't hit, hit him? You it can't hit, hit him. Dirt. And he looked at his hand after. He can't thrust <clears throat> his own hand. That was a fucking shit show. It was a shit show. Like, and that's the thing. Look, once again, I wanted to see Carson. I really wanted to see Carson. I expected that Scott Turner would have his head out of his fucking ass to do something better with Carson. He didn't. I assumed or thought that Carson would play better because he had a chance to learn and realize this is your last fucking shot. You didn't do it. You did nothing. And while I will take responsibility as a fan for being on the other side of that, being probably on the wrong side of the Heineke Wentz thing, even though I don't think Heineke is the answer fucking either, well, I'll admit and take responsibility for my thoughts on it. Ron Rivera, Scott Turner, front office, you're the fucking assholes that made the trade. Y'all the ones that brought him in here. Y'all the ones that don't want to let go of the project or are too scared to make a fucking decision on who you're going to go with. Mm-hmm. That's on y'all. The whole I'm going to talk to the locker room to see what it is that they're going to do. Yeah, Fuck that. Made, it's your choice to fucking make. And you're not consistent with any of it. You know what I thought when I saw it? When Carson was standing in the game, it reminded me of the article that we had read that it was Dan Snyder's decision to go after Carson Wentz, right? Mm-hmm. And then Ron did everything in his fucking power to get mad at the media, to get mad at everyone. No, it was my choice. It was my fucking decision. All right, asshole. It's on you then. Because yeah. even if I were to give you the benefit of the doubt that this was like a final F you to Snyder, and Lord knows after fucking press conference where you don't even know that you can get eliminated from the playoffs, and then maybe are. it was a fuck you to Dan Snyder. But but it doesn't make sense if you were the one taking responsibility for it, then I got to trust what you said. No, I, I'm telling you, <laughs> I don't think he's a good coach. I think he got an amazing quarterback in Cam Newton, and that's it. I'm sorry. I, I mean, I think he can be a good leader. You see people buy into him. Say, here, that's but, the, right? 
I'm not saying he's a bad dude. He's not right. a bad That's, dude. He's a good, he's a good person. And yes. the thing is, is that with this organization needed, for so so we're not fucking doing a long. good person podcast. We're right. Doing a football. That's right. the thing. So, like, yeah. the, we've hit our plateau. I will give until the day I die. And if anybody wants to come from my head on this, feel fucking free. Because Ron was the guy we fucking needed to yes. navigate the shit show that was the transition from Washington Redskins to the Washington football team to the commanders and all that nonsense. Because you know what you needed? You need a good fucking human being back there to run the show. Mm -hmm. And he was that. Everything that he went through, through the cancer, to losing his mother, to everything that he had to do with COVID and motherfuckers on the team that want to get vaccinated, all that shit that he had to do. Right. He was a beacon of this is a good guy in a sea of a lot of not good guys. Will you hear the stories about Jay Gruden behind the scenes? Will you hear the stories about the infighting with the fucking Shanahan's? And the, you yep. need a good guy. And he was that. And I thank him. I, I thank him for it. But I we have too. reached the end of the road. Yeah. You've had every opportunity to make this your own. And like Chris Ballard of Indianapolis never wanted to make a decision on a quarterback. You bring in the next guy. Well, as long as I'll draft a quarterback, it's kind of safe, right? You have had now how many years to get this shit right? And you haven't fucking done it. You bring in a, you bring in another free agent quarterback. You trade for fucking somebody. You have them in there thinking that'll be the piece. That'll be the fucking piece. And guess what? It never fucking works out. And the rest of the team fucking collapses. And now this is the legacy of Ron Rivera. December comes. We fucking suck. Yep. You had every opportunity for weeks to lock this thing up. And you didn't do it. And it fucking put it on Heineken, put it on the offensive line, put it on anything. There's one guy in charge. Golden opportunities <laughs> at that, too. The Giants at home, right? And as well as the Giants played, we were in it, right? And yes, the referees, I, I get it. Um, we had opportunities in the fucking San Fran game. Like, it, we were there. At, yeah, and I was impressed with it. This game, this fucking game, man. I mean, they had three points at halftime off of two turnovers and everything we talked about in our preview episode was coming to life. This is an offense that can't move. This is a quarterback that has a ton of rust and we gave them so many goddamn chances that eventually the rust wore off. Their first three drives in the second half, touchdown, 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 game over. Thanks so much for coming. Get home safely. Uh, one other thing I wanted to note about, uh, and this is on Carson. I don't care what the scheme was, whatever. We didn't just lose. It wasn't just a quarterback change. We lost Terry fucking McLaurin. Two catches, 25 yards, and not an ounce of emotion that you normally get when Taylor's there. There is just... Who was it? It was Mark Schlereth, who was the color commentator today, who had said that Terry McLaurin is the face of the franchise. Our wide receiver is the face of the franchise. And whenever you think of big wins this season... Terry's the one that's saying, I'm him. This is my fucking city when we're in Indy and making the speech when Ron, you know, is so proud of everybody and walks away because my mother would have been proud, etc. Terry steps in all that stuff. I didn't see that player. I saw a guy wearing number 17 today, but there's just I'm not blaming Terry. That made it sound uh -huh. like I was blaming Terry, but he's the guy that makes the team go right. and the focus went over to 
Carson, and I understand the media making it that way, and quarterback's the sexy topic. It always is. But to not give him as many chances, he only got five targets today, to not get him in double-digit targets in a must-win game is inexcusable. I I just cannot begin to express, I'm trying to be nice, but like how frustrated I am with how this went. None of us, even, even me, who had said, I prefer Taylor for this team. I didn't even think it was going to be this bad with him. Like, no. I, I'm, I don't think any of us thought it was going to be this bad. It's on him, certainly because he is his own person. And yes, it is a hard position to be in. A lot of people are doubting you. A lot of people don't like you. And it may feel baseless. And that is unfair. I agree. But that's the world, buddy, unfortunately. And it's on you to figure it out. It is on your offensive coordinator and head coach to help you. And they did not help you, son. They didn't because Scott Turner consistently put you, Carson, in situations you weren't comfortable with. I could see it from my couch. Everybody could see it. So, Scott, honestly, get out. Ron, get out. Everybody, this is a clean house game. People have mentioned it. To me, it's abundantly clear. You clean it. Now, the problem is, and we'll get to stuff we're looking forward to, the problem is ownership hasn't changed yet, and J.P. Finley did an excellent job at NBC Sports Washington post game. I don't know if you got to see it, K-Dot. Two-minute clip. Oh, cathartic. It's fabulous. Uh, I'll even link it uh, in this video. Um, but he said, you know what owners uh, that are putting a team up for sale don't do? Buy out contracts. So it's not like they're about to, you know, fire this. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So now what you have to look forward to is how quickly this ownership change happens because the sooner it happens, the more likely you can get the change you're looking for. In this case, for me, it's the head coaching stuff. I still don't think it's going to happen. I'm talking about a coaching change. But it's just fuck. Go ahead, Kate. I'll say whatever you want. <coughs> so uh, everybody get comfortable with Ron for one more year. Um, <laughs> look, unless something crazy happens, because even if the team gets sold – it still has to go to the league to get ratified that they're okay with the ownership. And that still probably won't happen to the league meetings. So we're looking at March. Yeah, so if March at the is earliest. at the earliest, you're looking at March. And if you're around that March time where you want to make a decision on the head coach, you've lost out to everyone that's a hot commodity as far as a coach. That's two months after the fucking Super Bowl. And I don't think anybody thinks it's necessarily a good idea to do that as much as we want to clean house. Now, the thing is, is that what this will actually afford us to do with having Ron back is that next year is a full-blown evaluation year. It's no longer selling the bill of goods that we are one quarterback away from doing X, Y, and Z or making things happen in the playoffs. Now, the thing that sucks about that is that you have a team. Could I interrupt for a sec? Just wanted to say that this was the make or break year. I believe those were also, he said you could put it all on me uh, entering this season. I'm, I'm just talking work, about, but considering right. and I wanted to just, just so, yeah, no, hundred percent. He does not deserve thing. to be here. He gets to be here. <laughs> he doesn't one more time deserve to be here. Unique ownership situation. Right. He will get to be here. One and more in time. the grand scheme of things, when it comes to us as Washington fans, be grateful. <laughs> like yeah, that is just right. Right. Because, because look, as much as we want to blame Ron, there's one guy responsible for this entire shit show and the way that we've come to as far as the franchise. Yacht and bitch. it's Dan. It's yacht bitch. Right. And yep. it, as long, it, we're not 
don't fool yourselves. We were never right. going to win anything with Yacht Bitch at the head at the helm. No, we were going to win anything thing. this year either. But like you know, you right. want to be able to have the playoff experience. Want, right. It's more fun for us as fans. Like you know, you, of course, you we got a def- we got a defense to start and get. I mean, they're still young, but they're starting to get older. You know, windows start closing. Yeah, you want to take has so much leverage when he's up for a contract. Deron Payne, same <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah. If, if I'm any of those guys, Payne's I'm not been fu- great. Especially knowing that next year you're not really going to be competing, probably. Because you don't know what's happening as far as quarterback, which gets us, we'll get more into that whole the the mechanisms of like next week. Yeah. But <clears throat> the thing with the thing with this is that so look, while I wanted to see Carson Wentz play, there was like a zero point one percent chance that he was ever going to get re-signed next year, unless we made some deep fucking Nick Foles type run in the playoffs, right? Uh, there's a there was a pretty high chance. Did you see that ESPN article from John Kime where they basically said they don't want to bring any other QBs in. They they want to extend. I get that, but the the yeah. the, 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 the and here's the thing: it might happen. They might restructure the contract. He might get there, but um, and I the, don't think this city would burn down. Well, I. Once again, at this point, I get it. But I, but, I, I get what you're saying. We talked about right. ego. Right. <laughs> I mean, well, so look, the, you can't rule it out. You're I right. don't know. For anybody else, the main thing for me is I want new ownership to do this the right way. Like that, that to me is Completely the, that agree. is the biggest yes. goal that I have is new ownership doing it the right way. Yeah. I don't want to draft a quarterback. I don't want a quarterback that Ron gets to destroy any year. Or mm-hmm. you have a new coaching staff that might be a young offensive minded guy who says, well, that's not the guy I want. Um, I, I don't want that. Plus I've told you guys, even though the, the college football playoffs were fucking amazing, amazing game. Um, I'm still not a huge Bryce young guy. He's 120 pounds soaking wet. No, he's 190 some pounds, but he's too good. Play, played well in his bowl. He game, played but, great. But it's college. It's co- <laughs> and I'm a short, right. I, I love short quarterbacks. I'm a fan of short quarterbacks. I'm a short guy myself. I will always ride in the paint for short quarterbacks. I just don't love Bryce young and CJ Stroud while he had an amazing game. Um, I am also That's not good. completely in the tank for him. I am much more get Caleb Williams next year, do whatever the fuck you got to do to make that happen. But um, the 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 idea right now is that we have a full-fledged evaluation of everything. Now, we know, here's what it's not an evaluation of. The coaching staff, the mm-hmm. front office, mm-hmm. and the only guy that might see a future is Jason Wright. If I'm one that might believe a little yeah, more, yeah, I, I like Jason Wright. And also, I think that he might be responsible for leaking a lot of stuff to the league office, but that's just me. Which is why so, I really like Jason right. Wright. <laughs> I think he might be one of those guys because I know he wasn't handpicked by Snyder. So, um, we're not evaluating any of those guys, right? And we're not about, eva- but what we do need to evaluate is quarterback, which goes into next week. If Sam Howell's not the quarterback next week, he will be. If he's not, then. Honestly, I don't give a fuck. Bring Jim Zorn back. I don't give a fuck. You can't roll into next year with Ron Rivera if he doesn't start Sam Howell. It, 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 it would be a dereliction of duty if he did not do, if he did not start Sam Howell. But yeah. right now, it's the Sam Howell. What is Sam Howell? What is he? Like, I love our skills position, guys. I don't know if I'm going to want to keep Curtis Samuel around for much longer, or I know I got I want Jahan Dotson. I want Terry McLaurin here. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the tight ends. I'm like, I want to retool that entire thing. I'm looking at the offensive line. I'm saying, I need to retool that whole thing. Um, so what you're hoping for is you get a draft in which, look, there's a chance if a lot of things bounce our way where we have the 15th pick right now, we could get the 10th. We could get as close as the 10th. <laughs> if I, hold on, I I got the list of things that I have to have. 
Uh, Steelers got to beat the Ravens on my TV right now. Mm-hmm. Patriots got to beat the Bills, the Saints over the Panthers, the Browns over the Steelers, the Jets over the Dolphins, and the Packers and the Lions got a tie. Now, if all that happens, we got a top 10 pick. They got a tie? Yeah. So we got <laughs> we tied, I guess. Yeah, top yeah, okay. 10. We can move from 15 up. That's all I'm saying. 10 is the best we could do, but we can move up. Okay. Um, well, hey, I really like who we got at 16 this year. So I'm saying is that, like, the, if we're looking at an offseason where they could bit, where they could, if they could draft the right guys that'll be around for a while, that aren't at those really sexy positions that you want to have an, a new offensive coordinator pick this guy, then, all right, keep building. Ron, lay the foundation for the next guy. This is all you are doing now, sir. Make, make sure that you're the nicest, best coach you could possibly be to potentially get another job somewhere else because it is over for you yeah this is this is the equivalent of a lame duck president we have a lame duck coaching staff and maybe he realizes he doesn't want to be here yeah maybe uh that would be great (laughs) because he has been through a lot um and i can understand because he is quite combative when it comes to the media he is quite he even talked about it today after where he was saying he was frustrated with the question uh, about the uh potential elimination he said, yeah, he wasn't aware, but that's because he was focused on winning, to which I was reminded of Adam Sandler's character in Uncut Gems, who, whenever he gambled, only focused on winning. And things would keep getting worse and worse because he didn't think about losing. you got to, in this position as a head coach, account for all scenarios. That's your job. That is your job, to know the different scenarios. That actually ties into something we talked about last week. We were talking about what we would look for in a coach, right? And I'll admit here on the pod, I'm still sick. I'm not 100%, but I felt really shitty that night, and I was combative for no fucking reason. Ahmed said he wanted a young, offensive-minded coach. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't know what I was was yelling about. (laughs) I felt like shit and I was being combative for no fucking reason. Angry black Um, the Look. Where the fuck was I going? I apologize. What were we saying? You said uh, the... The, I was talking uh, about you have to know yes, that you could right, potentially Ron. be eliminated. Yeah, got it. Ron Rivera, you don't run the defense. You don't run the offense. The fuck are you doing? Great question. Like that. Th- that's my thing. Like I'm about. I'm all about the head coach should be the guy that facilitates everything. It's not vastly important to me that the head coach be the offensive guru or the defensive guru as much as he has the philosophy of being the proper manager for everything else to happen. Right. And when he knows enough about football that if something's going wrong, he can go and talk to his coordinator and say, you need to work on this. Do this. <laughs> now, Ron can talk about it every time after a game. We're missing opportunities. The quarterback's not playing this. Da, 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 da. Are you having the conversation with Scott Turner? Doesn't look like you're having the conversation with Scott Turner. When the defense is missing this, this, doing that, and they need to be more disciplined. Are you having the conversation with Jack Del Rio? Nothing's happening. Doesn't seem like you're having the conversation with Jack Del Rio. So what the fuck are you doing? But what's especially frustrating is I don't, and I do follow some other head coaches and stuff like that. And I'm curious, and this isn't the old young thing here, but just what I'm talking about is I don't hear any other coach. Maybe there's one. I'd have to think about it though. It takes time that act that consistently throws other people under the bus. Like it is consistent. He's not even right? purposely he's, doing go, it. He's just out of the loop. We expect more from the quarterback position and he needs to do this and that and stuff like that. And you see the way Sally is handling the whole Zach Wilson thing, you know, like the contrast is insane, right? Like it, it, you can see like 
Robert Sala knows that Zach Wilson, for example, is going through a really hard time. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need anybody to tell him that. And he goes, look, he's just got to put his head down and keep working. He's not going, he's not doing well and we need to spark and stuff like that. Like it, we know, <laughs> but like he is doing the right thing of we're going to see him again. Like he's trying to keep the confidence going. And a lot of times I feel like Ron is happy to throw. He's thrown both quarterbacks under the bus this season. Think about that. The quarterback comment when Carson Wentz was starting and then Taylor later on where he's just going, he's making mistakes out there. Summarize or what a how the word fuck anyway, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, paraphrasing so that he has done this with people before, and I don't, it's that lack of accountability all over again. I'm sorry, I'm just spinning and no, it's now just because it's a frustrating, it, but that's day. the thing is that what are you doing? Like, is your like we talked about you've been good for the organization as a whole, being the good guy. Is that yeah. all you're doing? Is that all you're, are you the guy that's my walking around at this point being the good guy? What are you doing to help the team move forward? Like, that's why I feel like we've reached our plateau. And the thing is that it, and here's the thing that sucks. Well, maybe it doesn't make, maybe if it's not for Ron Rivera and the way the team, the way the team and the way that he had to clean the team, maybe the news and the stuff that happens as far as Dan Snyder doesn't happen. Maybe maybe. that's all part of it. Right. But And the I'm bottom, appreciative for all that. I'm appreciative right. for the three years, but like I think we we're on the plateaued. same page. This is it. Yeah, we have plat. The same way I feel about Heineke's talent level, the same way I now feel about everything about Carson Wentz, is the way that I feel right now about Ron Rivera. We have gotten the most we can possibly get out of this guy. You should be an ambassador for the game, working in the league office, working on some sort of fucking good initiative for something else. I applaud you for that position, but yeah. you should not be the head coach of a football team if it seems as though you're not doing anything you're out of the loop yep you're out of the loop you feel so passive in everything you're doing it feels like there's no cohesiveness with this team it feels like the players are the ones that try to bring the cohesion between things it's not anything the coaching staff yeah the leadership from the players is actually (laughs) unbelievable but here's the thing it's like every team has their leaders right yeah, but ours they're, have to put up with guys. so much more. But the thing is, like, you you have coaches that work with those guys, and they have relationship with those guys. They might not even like each other, but you can see, all right, this is how those guys communicate and work and make things happen on the field, right? Like, even, even the guys are the most ornery in the league. Aaron Rodgers barely gets along with fucking anybody. Him and Matt LaFleur have a very toxic relationship. I, I question a lot of Matt Fleur's abilities, right? And I question a lot of Aaron Rodgers' ability to just be a good person with other people. But you realize they're talking. You know they're talking. You know that there's something happening football-related between those two gentlemen. You know mm-hmm. it's happening, right? Bill Belichick and Tom Brady did not fucking get along. But you know what they did? They had enough of a respect for each other to make shit work. And that's what comes down they're to They're ultimately you, professional. Yeah, You got to be a professional. You got to be able to communicate to get shit done. And it feels as though every time you hear Ron Rivera open his mouth, it sounds like he hasn't talked to Scott. He hasn't talked to Jack. He's not talking to the players. He's out of loop. Yeah. You remember like <laughs> even last season, I think it was last season or maybe it was the season before where we would be down 10. It's the two minute warning and there are three timeouts and he wouldn't use any of them. Do you remember that? Where he would just be like, oh, I just didn't, there's just a low probability of anything happening there. And it's like, dude, <laughs> I mean, this it is our feel, leader. It this feels is our like head coach. The, the only thing he does is be the riverboat, Ron. Yeah. We're going to go four to fourth down. 
And here's the thing. Oh, I think he and makes a pitch, that decision. And a fucking pitch on oh, fourth dude. and one. We didn't even touch on that. Just one more thing for Scott. Turner. See, there's so many fucking things about this game. Like, let loose on it. Oh, my God. Okay, so we're fourth and one. We got Schlereth talking about analytics, and it doesn't ever block and stuff like that. And that's all good and fine. The idea that we have Brian Robinson, who ends up with 24 carries for 87 yards, but he's still falling forward, as he always does, as he's always done this season, a bang the table so you see this thing vibrate, um, it is mind-numbing to me that we don't just run a halfback dive. Why can't we do that? Or quarterback sneak as anything just down the middle. Why are we suddenly going laterally on fourth and one? It is so dumb. With our offensive line, not particularly athletic, unfortunately. I don't know if you've been watching the whole goddamn season. You think they can pull off a pitch in that situation? We just oh. found so many ways to derail the momentum. I say, I saw this before we started the pot as far as the offensive line. I've talked about how I have not been a fan of Charles Leno's play. Yeah. Anyone in the DMs, a Jen, Jen Leno or Charles mm. Leno threatening her life, yeah, don't or talking about, you are Come a on, fucking guys. piece of shit. You are a piece of shit. There's no getting around it. You're a fucking piece of shit. Like, there's no room for that whatsoever. You can be critical of their play. There's no reason to be involved in that way of anybody in that level. That's fucked up shit. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever. uh, And so this is very important for all fans. Look, we're all fans. We're all deeply passionate. We're, We're cursing out our coaching staff right now and players, stuff like that but we keep it there, right? You don't take it to personal stuff, okay? Charles Leno is out there. Maybe he has a bad game, let's say. He's still trying his fucking best. He is still putting in all that work to try and be the best left tackle for you, for this team, for the city. So fuck off with all that stuff if you're doing that. Seriously. Especially, dude, it's been Relax. so good to the fucking community. Like, yeah. kiss my ass with that shit. Like, what the Person fuck of the year, you? dude. Like, yeah, so I, I'm just I just want to not only echo your sentiments but double down on them. Like, do not get into personal attacks and do not do anything crazy like that. Let it go, okay? Ultimately, this is just a game. We care a lot about it, all of us. And that's the thing that I think more than anything that we want to address here on the pod is that there are look the talent level is not up to snuff. I think we can all see that in certain aspects of this team. Yeah, there are some there are some areas where the talents off the fucking charts are not being utilized correctly. But the bottom line is no one on the team is being properly utilized. And that's the thing that we have to look at when it comes to the coaching staff, which they still don't need to get threatens on the be threatened in their life or have any fucking personal attacks as much as they need to say, hey, the product on the field's not fucking working and heads need to roll because you're not doing a good enough job. And we as fans Pour money, our heart, our soul, our time into this. Yeah. And we want people to be held accountable. And that's it. That's the most you need to go with the shit. That's it. At the end of the day, all these guys have families. They have fucking lives. They're human beings. And get it. We are all investors in this thing. But you don't get to go personal on that level with these people. It's fucked up shit. It's real fucked up shit. Well said, and I completely agree. And actually, you know, Jen Leno on Twitter has been saying a bunch like, hey, like, please don't do this. Shouldn't have to say that. It's absurd. Um, Let's move on. Should we just go to the comment mailbag and we can talk a little bit more after the pod about the future and stuff? Or did you have anything? Yeah, that works. To that works. Yeah, because it's basically looking towards next week and what's happening. Exactly. We'll end up talking about that. 
exactly on after the pod okay so uh comment mailbag uh the one comment uh, we had two um and i don't know again if youtube ended up deleting it blood clot or if you did but just note we saw it briefly but yeah anyway uh but we do have one from johnny Otto. shout out johnny um make no mistake dallas will play full speed to knock us out of the hunt for the playoffs and run up the score um Great news for us. Dallas will be playing full speed. Uh, the Eagles did lose. And even better news for us, we might get the 10th overall pick because we're already out. So we appreciate the comment. Don't worry about there. Um, yeah, unfortunately, nothing to worry about there. But, um, you know, at the time you wrote it, because this was before the game, of course, a perfectly valid and reasonable comment that, yeah, maybe Dallas does go hard because of the rivalry and because they want to stay sharp and all that stuff. It's entirely possible. Can't rule that out, KDOT. Jonathan Allen shouldn't be playing. It's a bunch of other guys. Chase Allen, Chase Young, shut him down. Um, and Sam Halatine. Like, that's the thing is, like, if y'all want to beat Dallas to play spoiler in some sort of realm, cool. I get it from a division rivalry standpoint. But um, if you're not feeling 100%, you're not fully healthy, you ain't playing. Simple as that. No need to put your body on the line. Not this week. Anyway, so this is District Divided, DC Sports Podcast, more specifically a Commander's Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you liked, you couldn't have possibly liked today's episode. It was nothing but depression and anger. Uh, this episode, please like the video and subscribe to the channel and comment. We really appreciate you guys. And uh, we're going to go after the pod, begin talking about next week. And that starts now. Let me ask you a question. Uh, go ahead. You ever uh, vouch for somebody like on of a course. job or something? You yeah, ever go? You ever go wrong? It's happened. Yeah, of course. That's I how I feel about that's how that's how I feel about this Carson Wednesday. Let it out. Let it out. Let it out. Let here's it out. the thing. It's like I tried every time I every time the Carson Wentz Taylor Heineke thing came up. I mm-hmm. prefaced my love for Heineke, right? Then after I prefaced my love for Heineke, it'd be more of trying to temper expectation for for Carson, but then also realizing if Carson plays up to speed, I'm excited about it because he's got an arm, and then that excitement. Peels through, and it got me co-signing Carson fucking Wentz. And it feels like the same way I felt when I remember my cousin, who was an electrician, still is an electrician. I'm going to throw his ass on the bus. Who gives a fuck? Downtown, I used to run a bookstore, small independent bookstore downtown. We were moving locations. And I had a big electrical job. I'm talking like like $15,000 electric job. Okay. I'm like, yo, I know somebody that could take care of this for us. Like, really? Bring him on down. He does the tour. He does all that kind of shit. And I'm like, get my cut. He's going to do a great job, right? Morning of, the move is happening. I'm at the location with the trucks trying to make shit happen. I get a phone call. Hey, Kadeen, um, your cousin's supposed to be here two hours ago. Where is he at? And answering his phone and answering text messages. Left me out in the fucking cold. Carson Wentz, I don't hate you. I don't. I like you and I've defended you quite a bit. I think you're a good guy. Yeah. You are broken. And I vouch for you. And it hurts, buddy. It <laughs> fucking hurts. Now, I get it. They set you up to fucking fail, but you did nothing. Here's what Taylor Heineke does. Even when he's set up to fail, he does the best of the situation. He doesn't try. His He's just not that talented. <laughs> it's just there's a limit. Yeah, Here's what absolutely. you are, Carson. You're fucking talented. And you're not doing anything with it. It's extremely aggravating, sir. And I think I I think that's where some of the dislike comes from when people genuinely dislike him is when you see. 
Now it's different, and I'm going to say that immediately. But you know, when you look at Ben Simmons in the NBA, uh, I I will tell you that I genuinely dislike Ben Simmons because when he was with the Philadelphia 76ers, we talked about this actually back when we had Matt L. C. Spencer. Yep. I thought that he genuinely lacked effort and didn't care. And he had all this talent and he was wasting it. Um, That's not the case with Carson. I don't think he's not working. So I want to make that very clear. Right. So that there is a big difference there. But when you see that much talent not performing, it can be extremely aggravating, as you're mentioning. He needs a sport. He needs a psychologist. And that's sort of the thing. Like, you know, is confidence is such a magical and finicky thing it it Mm -hmm. comes and goes like no one can truly explain it but it's there it's similar to momentum in sports and right now he clearly doesn't have it you can be you can have the most arm talent in the world and you can have you could be incredibly fast as well you can do all these things but if you don't think you can do it and that was very clear today if you don't think you can do it you won't i remember hearing this from a buddy of mine if you think you can you might. If you think you can't, you're right. right. 100%. And, and that's, and that's the, what we saw. And actually, right. it it perfectly describes the two quarterbacks because Heineke thinks he can. He has a rational confidence. Yes. And Wentz clearly has no confidence. The moment something goes wrong, right, that's when you can see his world spiraling, right? He can have a great game. But the moment something goes wrong, and he senses, I may have disappointed the fans, or I may have disappointed my coaches, I may yep. have disappointed others. He is now playing a totally different game, and it's not football anymore. He's which is head. what, which is why I'm so upset with the coaching staff. Because yeah. what I saw in that San Francisco game, where you could see he was building something, and it looked, it looked like he might not be the most confident guy out there, but he's completing passes, and he's like, he's not overthinking. And that's right. all you got to do. Get him to not overthink, right? Set him up in a position not to fucking overthink. Uh, and they you... didn't do any of that this week. And let's speculate on the mindset. And this is purely speculation. <laughs> we're, we're just, this is me speculating. Is I'm Carson. I'm coming into this game. It's my first game in a really long time. I'm excited. I can finally go out there and do what I love. I do love this game, right? I love playing football. Um, I just want to get into rhythm. Plain and simple. If I see someone open, throw it. If he's not there, that's fine. I'll do something, but just bah, 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 I'm excited. This was, let's be real. This decision was made almost immediately after the game. I know it wasn't announced until Wednesday, but we even titled our episode on Monday. Carson went starting QB. We knew everybody knew mm-hmm. Ref the district knew all the other podcasts knew everybody knew. Um, when expectations hit and I'd sort of made this point with Taylor where I wasn't sure how it was going to look and he did underperform in the Giants game. But when expectations hit for Carson and there was all this week, and I'll be, I'll admit it. I was getting excited by the arm talent. How could you not? You see some of the throws he makes. It is exciting. Of course. I actually felt a bit sorry just because I was really hoping that he had taken that next step, but that mental fragility, so long as it exists, he cannot be a starter in this league. That's what's he's not a bad guy. And that's the thing is that like he, He's not a bad dude. He's getting I like I know I come to his defense because I feel like he gets attacked. But well, at the I, end of the day, yeah, go ahead. But at the end of the day, he's not executing, and you don't deserve to have the job if you're not. 
No, and, the only thing he's executing is his own career right now. Right. I mean, like, and, it, it's brutal. And Ron and fucking and Ron and uh, Ron and Scott, man, I look at you guys and say, y'all did this boy dirty. You're in the building every day, man. Y'all did this man dirty and it's fucked up. And w- just when I, I'm going to be so aggravated looking at the all 22, I know I'm going to be aggravated looking at the all 22 because I'm looking because even on the brief rewatch that I was doing on YouTube TV, constantly hitting uh, 10 seconds, yeah. 10 seconds, to try to get each play in and just looking at the shotgun, looking at the non-play action, looking at it was so fucking heavy. All right, I'm done with the Tarson West Taylor Heineke thing. I will admit my curiosity, like the cat, fucking killed it. It was fucked up. It didn't, it didn't know. You guys are right. He wasn't ready well, for prime time at all. At well, all. It was broken. It was but done. It's one of those things where I think we both got caught in vacuums, right? Like, it's what happens in this fan base. Be, you have to be on one side or the other all of a sudden through conversation, right? So, because when I we felt, don't do it the right way. Right. I, I would agree. I would agree with that. But anyway, the one throw in particular, besides the Robinson and the dirt and the three interceptions, my God, what a game for him, was the, um, and even, even uh, Schlereth and Co were talking about it. He had Jahan wide open when he stepped up in a completely free pocket at that point. And he missed him. It, it skipped off the ground. It's yeah, like Cam Sims open in the end zone, basically for a walk yeah, and touchdown. It, and he are, throws in the double coverage. And when the safety sold immediately the goes. Talent. Yeah, he knew. He knew. That's the thing, man. He, he, the guy, everyone needs confidence. Everybody on this planet. I hope everyone gets the confidence that they feel they need to be able to execute the things they want to execute in life. I do. But you do need to figure it out and you need to put yourself in the right situation. That's why when I talked about QB last week, now we're getting outside of Wentz and Heineke. Um, yeah. When I was talking about QB last week, it was, well, what's the supporting cast? And it's not just the people on the field. It's those off it. And so that's where I really admire. And we both agree with our admiration of McVeigh is because I think he instills a confidence man in that position for people, right? Cause he knows his shit. He knows his shit. I think Mike McDaniel now it's going South because Tua's constantly concussed at this point. Teddy Bridgewater leaves the game. Um, because Tua suffers from the same thing that Carson does. There's a lack of confidence from Tua. And the thing is that with Tua is that when Brandon Staley, I keep going back to that game. If you want to watch right. the All-22 or something special, But I would also say, but I, yeah. And so I think credit to Staley, uh, you yeah. know, for figuring that out. But I think the Green Bay game, I think there is a pretty strong case that he was concussed. Oh, no, no, 100%. When he threw those three interceptions. Oh, no. That's what I mean. Because he had that game won. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, yeah. That game no, no disagreeing on that. Yeah. Right. There's right. definitely a – there's a – because here's the thing that Green Bay wasn't doing, which is why I was so surprised in that game, is what I had talked about on this pod, I think now three times, two or three times, about mm-hmm. the Staley versus uh, McDaniels game. What was weird to me was in the first half of that game, Green Bay's not doing it. No, <laughs> like, no not Waddle at all. was running streaks. So I was like, <laughs> huh. So I was like, are they setting them up? So then in the second half, I was like, because I didn't watch the All-22 of it. I was sure. like, ah, Green Bay just decided they were going to set two up and they started doing it. And then when I saw some of the replays, was one thing I didn't watch the all 22 of it. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, no, they didn't. Like, he was open. He just, he was just not doing anything. Did you hear the Jair Alexander uh, postgame interview after yeah. that? Oh, my <laughs> gosh. That is, it was so funny. Even he said it. Is he he's really overthrowing this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. It was bad. But that's the thing is like good coaching can mask a lot. And that's the thing that my thought was always in like, look, 
I still stand firm that if it was up to Frank Wright, Carson Wentz starts a quarterback this year for Indianapolis. I don't think he gets rid of him, right? Yeah. Um, and you we look can at see his numbers. Yeah. And we see and what any and the locker room loved him. Um, they you see where Indianapolis ended up with Jeff Saturday. It's a fucking clusterfuck. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't just the quarterback. Another poorly it's, run organization. Right. It's just a poorly run. They got they got a hot headed fucking uh, ownership, right? Yep. Um, but what Frank did was that even when Carson was fucking up, and look. I told you guys I watched the I watched the replays of those games as far as Jacksonville. And while I don't think Carson was fully responsible for a lot of the shit mm-hmm. back then, the Carson absolutely did a lot of poor fucking things in Indianapolis. You look at the amount of interceptions that were dropped in Indianapolis, right? Um, but a good coach will do everything they can do to do right by their guys, to instill mm-hmm. as much confidence as they can in their guys, and to get the guys coming in week in and week out and at least playing to a certain level to mask some of the deficiencies yeah. and the coaching staff here in Washington across every position, every position leaves you to fend for yourself. I wouldn't even say that. Yeah. So, so actually I would say that. And what I would say is instead of masking the deficiency, they highlight it. Here. They highlight them. Yeah. It's unbelievable. The exact opposite. And we were talking about, it, I think it was in a group chat, a literal grapefruit would be a better coach right now than run. And that's how I feel. My dog Barkley's over here. He's just sleeping. Doing nothing seems to be doing something better than what's currently going on because these guys, it's just, it's utter incompetence. I'm referring to the on-field stuff and and I guess the off-field, like we can get eliminated. Like it is incompetence at this point and we have plateaued and I'm glad we're on the same page there. And hopefully come next year, because I agree, given the, this is a fairly unique situation with ownership, given that situation, Ron is going to be here, barring something crazy. Scott's going to be here because Ron's loyal. And we're going to have another year of this. You just need to buckle up for that. Let's talk. Kind of excited about that, though. Are you? Strangely, yes. Okay. I'm not. I, I, but, can, explain, but, okay. I can explain myself. Go ahead. So next week, we should start seeing Sam Howell. Absolutely. And actually, Jacina Anderson uh, had a tweet that said, if we are eliminated, and there was a low probability of it, but here we are that there would be strong consideration to start saying, well, I'm now wondering about the validity of the tweet, because if we were, if we are eliminated implies that maybe he did know. Uh, and he, did, I don't know who she talked to then in that case, <laughs> but I think Sam oh, no, has he, to start. Yeah. Give him, give the kid a chance. Honestly, that's what the fans want to see. Anyway, let the kid it's, do something again. So he also had a high ceiling. Go or ahead. maybe he thought there'd be some games next week that decided it. I, I don't. I don't understand what the he thought probably thought is. we had four regular season games left. I don't know. There's still the chance that he was being sarcastic, even though I don't buy it. Um, Dude, for the amount of I don't time he took to pause, I don't no buy chance. it. And Grant, nice job, Grant Paulson on the on the question. It was, yeah, it was excellent, solid, question. solid job, solid excellent execution question. the way you act with. Um, look, yeah, I was even Julie Donald was my girl. I loved you, or my woman. I love her. I love her to death. Them softball fucking question to Ron after the game, boy. That annoyed Chad me. It made me start feeling like I was looking at Larry Michael. Um, mm-hmm. Look, the it's just toxic. The uh, Washington is just toxic. You get the stank on you. And that's what yeah. I want the stank oh, to go away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You so, have said that so many times. Yeah. So the thing is, that, so why am I excited? <laughs> Sam Howell gets to start probably next week against Dallas, and that's a hell of a pass rush, right? Now, yeah. I am of the and idea that play. you don't start rookie quarterbacks, but I, I I'm I'm of Which, also by the, the way, New England started Mac Jones as a rookie. 
No, they didn't have a choice because uh, you're here's the thing. <laughs> no, but that was the thing is Matt, the the first red flag on Mac Jones. And this is why Bill Belichick doesn't like his ass. He was afraid of Cam Newton over his shoulder, which is why they got rid of Cam, which is why they got rid of Cam. So right. Mac was so fragile in his psyche that he and what the coaches staff do, they were like, look, Mac's got upside. Cam doesn't. We got to make the call. Let's make the fucking call. It's a coaching staff they making the, the playoffs. Be- they, and and look, the they made the here's a coaching staff that knows what they're doing, right? They made the right decision for the situation, the best of what they had. The probably the wrong decision was drafting Mac Jones in the fucking first place because yeah. he's a he's a little bitch. I mean, Psychologically, honestly. he's a child. Yeah. And the amount of dirty plays, too. He's just he's, he's a dirty. Yeah, he's a little kid. Yeah. <clears throat> so the, the thing with us is that you, you start uh, while I'm of the idea that you start rookie quarterbacks. When you talk about one game at the end of the season, at no the less. end of the season, I don't give a fuck what they do. They can sack that motherfucker 10 times. If one game rattles your career, you were never meant to be in the NFL, sir. So, I, I think he'll be fine. And I know, do I'm not expecting amazing. Here's things. what's scary. Here's what's scary. I actually, here's the thing that's the scariest part about it. You were not saying uh, Carson Wentz is perfect for the offense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is, which in all honesty, if Car- here's, here's the caveat I should have said to that. If Carson's playing at the ability that he can do and with confidence, he's perfect for the system. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you <laughs> right? give him every single check, if you give him all the <laughs> yeah. other checklists, yeah. he's perfect for the system. Talent like, wise, he's there. Physically he's talent talented. wise, yeah, he's yeah, there. Yeah, right. He's Sam Howell is actually perfect for the <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Here so, we go. <laughs> so the reason I say that is that, like, you can see it in preseason with Sam, right? Is that if shit goes wrong, even today, when you saw Carson had opportunities. Clear daylight to run, mm-hmm. and he didn't do it. Yeah, how like how will fucking go? Yeah, how's not thinking about it? How's it? I'm gone. And the thing is, is that when I look at Sam Howell, I see Scott Turner not knowing what to do with the offense. I see Scott Turner <laughs> for some reason wanting to have two different offenses for Taylor and one for uh Carson, but then. What's working with one won't work with the other, but he's not even willing to give it a shot, which is just weird. <clears throat> My hope, and once again, there's no real hope for this, but the hope would be what Scott does is doesn't dummy down the offense. What Scott does is does what Kyle Shanahan did with Rock Purdy, which is that I'm asking Jimmy G to do what Kyle Shanahan was doing was asking Jimmy G to do X, Y, and Z within the offense which is not Jimmy G's strong suit. Jimmy G is not, his strong suit is not throwing down the field. He said, fuck it, we're doing it anyway because we're limited in what we're doing on offense. And Jimmy, I trust you to make the right decision when you need to make him. Even if your arm's not good, we got enough talent. Just fucking throw it, motherfucker. Just do it. And it was working. Working to play action, doing all that. Then they had McCaffrey to the fucking mix. And it's like, all right, we're going to do this. Then when, uh, when Garoppolo gets hurt, they didn't say, let's dummy down the offense. He said, Purdy's got a better arm than Jimmy. What am I going to I'm doubling the fuck down. And that's what Kyle did. He said, fuck it. Give me more of the shit. More play action. More deep throws. Just throw it at him. And what did Brock do? Brock didn't say, this is too much for me. Brock said, bring it on, bitch. Let's go. Yeah. I'm hoping Sam's got some of that dog in him. I, I think he does. I personally I do think too. he does. And also, um, it needs to be noted, Sam Howell, his last season at UNC, played behind a dog shit offensive line. So he's already kind of used to these conditions, unfortunately. Um, so we'll see how he does in preseason. 
he was entertaining. I don't think he lit the world on fire. No, he was entertaining and nor was there an expectation for him to. But he's There's got an arm. For, he does. And so there is reason for excitement. Enjoy next week. Just enjoy. The score doesn't matter. You feel free to put on your QB evaluation hat because you could have a good time for 60 minutes or three hours, you know, with commercials and stuff and just enjoy the Sam Howell experience because that's what we should get. We're going to see. I'm yeah. not, we can't they might throw fucking Wentz back out there. Right. Heineken, no fucking right. reason. Right. But, but they uh, do nothing but shatter. Anyway, go ahead. But the part of me that's most excited about, and this is where I think we all need to be somewhat grateful about the situation at hand, right? Mm-hmm. The prime objective for us as Washington fans needs to be Dan's gone. Yes. Everyone needs to make sure that we wrap our head around that. That is the thing. More than a playoff berth this year, more than anything, it's Dan going. Okay. Correct. Now that's happening. Now, when you're looking at what is the pathway to be clean of the Dan Snyder era to -hmm. give us a new era, right? Mm -hmm. We missed the playoffs. There's no bullshit false sense of hope or this was a successful season. We're one quarterback away. If Ron comes in next year, Tom, we need to make the trade for Derek Carr. I think somebody like threatens to throw him on his ass, right? Yeah. You're not doing that. You're not doing that, right? You're not one quarterback away going into next year, right? What it does you to do is it puts you in a position where if you roll with Sam Howell, or even we said, I think last week or two weeks ago, could we see a scenario in which Taylor Heineke start for the team next year? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. You re-sign Taylor. And what you do is you try to make it through next year. (coughs) Sorry. You're fine. Building up fundamental pieces. Mm Mm-hmm. More guys for the offensive line, more depth for the offensive line, more depth here. You make draft picks on the unsexy positions that are going to be here for a while, right? The front office should be twisting. As soon as the, when you got to understand, ownership will change hands, hopefully by March. (coughs) And what ownership will do is what they'll do is they'll come down and they're going to talk to Ron. They're going to talk to the front office and they're going to tell them, you're not doing this. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. We're Mm -hmm. building here. Now, you guys need to show us what you're capable of from a coaching standpoint. And that's your year of seeing what stays and what goes. Correct. The worst case scenario, if we were to make the playoffs or miss out and draft a guy this year, then you have the situation where when Ron got hired, you had a Dwayne Haskins who was drafted by the previous regime. And now we got to give that another year to give that a fair shake and to do this and do that. Now we got to wait to see what this is, wait to see what that is. Next year is your last year of having to deal with any of the ramifications of the Snyder era. Yeah. Look at it as our farewell swan. There's song. your optimism. Right. Yeah. In 2024, sky's the fucking limit, baby. Sky's <laughs> the limit. Now, the only thing Certainly you got to hope, hope so. to do, the only thing, the only negativity with it is some of these guys on this team that are worth it might not want to stick around for that year. Yeah. And you have to be mentally prepared that that is a possibility, right? right? And to those players, and I mean, uh, emotionally, it's a bit raw right now, but like I was even, I was watching the game with Ridge where your helmet at today. And literally uh, at one point I was like, I just want Terry to be happy. I'd love to see him with the awesome QB, but like, <laughs> oh yeah. Cause we, I mean, we just reset. It was yeah. a three-year deal, um, but you know, we'll, it, it won't be this year. Right. Right. So he'll be with us next season, obviously, but I'm just saying come 2024. Two years, like who knows? Um, but but seeing that if Deron Payne walks, be ready for that and understand it. 
And don't be upset. We can be yeah. upset with the way the season ended, but at the end of the day, the grand scheme of things, Snyder's going. You're not upset with pain. You're upset with the front office. And like you're saying, you're just waiting for the you're you're right now in the middle of a storm. Yep. You're waiting for it to pass. You know you'll be there on the end of other side of it. Being in this era, I am 33 years old, about to be 30. God damn, about to be 34. About to be 34 <laughs> in a month. Mm-hmm. Every time I've seen a light at the end of the tunnel with this franchise, it's been a freight train. Mm-hmm. I actually see daylight. There you go. See, that's exciting. That is really, really exciting. And, and that's so- why, I be, look, you, when people wonder why I say I've been so medium on this season. Mm-hmm. I've been lukewarm on this team. I thought we were just above mediocre for the most part this season. The main thing that got us, I had it as a 10 and 7. And the only reason I had us at 10 and 7 was the very favorable schedule that we had, which we did not through a bunch of those easy teams in the middle of the section outside of Philadelphia. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I still thought there was a lot of holes in this team. We still thought there was a lot to need to get done with this team. But once the movement started happening on Snyder, and you remember every week I oh, come in here. That was incredible. Every, yeah. And every week I came in here and you said, is there X to worry about with Snyder? Is this happening? And I said, it's happening, Ahmed. I have yeah. no doubts about it, Ahmed. It's what's happening. Has brought a calm and a coolness over me. That doesn't, because look at it, man. Every time we've ever been excited about this team, think about it. Think about the best memories you have with this team, right? <clears throat> think about the 05 run. Okay. Think about the 07 run outside of Sean Taylor's death. Recipes. Recipes. Mm-hmm. Think about the 20 run with uh, Taylor Heineke against Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. What the fuck have we gotten from any of that? Do we have a Super Bowl? Do we got an NFC championship? It's a good point. We ain't got shit. Like, you got other teams that can look back at the memories that they have, and it ends with something fucking happening. Yeah. Even a Super Bowl. I take a fucking Super Bowl loss. We haven't sniffed one. I take an NFC championship loss. We haven't been to an NFC championship game we in 30 years. I mean, like, yeah. What's yeah. the closest we've been, man? So, like, what we the divisional playoff game? What against Seattle yeah. that year? That's the yep. most we and then that ended in crushing fashion with the fucking injury. We yeah. well, have, that, so that was wild card, but yeah, you had that yeah. feeling because we were hot. All right, and right, RG3 right. was playing out of his world. Like we have like never like, no. everything that we can look for, and they're good memories. Good guys that came and sacrificed their bodies for this organization. Dog, we had the, two rookie QBs win games that year. Kirk Cousins was a rookie too, and he had to play in relief. Like, how which, good that was, was that a shit staff? show itself. <laughs> when I was a shit show, we do Dan Snyder and fucking Shanahan. Shanahan oh, always yeah, the, won at Cousins, and then they made right. the trade. And at the end of the day, and to their credit, they still had an unbelievable year and system with RG3. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Shanahan's ego and Dan Snyder's ego. Yeah, there was no reason to draft two QBs when you traded all that. It's fucking together. stupid. Yeah. But that's the thing. Every time that we've had a moment of feeling, oh, shit, we're having fun. Nothing happens. Yeah. So we might love these guys to come through. We might appreciate their efforts. We might have great memories. But let's start making these memories fucking count. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Um, And I appreciate that level of optimism as well. And. Yeah, no, it's important because. It is easy to get caught up in the emotion of today, right? We were hoping to make the playoffs. We were hoping to even make a run, depending on how well Carson Wentz was playing. But it is important to go, okay, 
that's happened. Take your time to process it and then go, hey, there is something to look forward to. And that is exciting. That is exciting. Um, Washington Prime! The Washington Primes are on their way. We will see you guys for the uh, Dallas Cowboys preview. I don't even know how long that's going to be. I might just talk about Sam Howell the whole time if he's that's the starter. Be. Yeah. Yep. All right. Take it easy, guys. In D.C., we're just hoping that you listen. Mm-hmm.